And thanks for joining us this morning, 842 on CKNW. And every Monday morning, we catch up with Lori Pinkowski to make sense of the markets and uh, what's happening with your investment money and your retirement funds as well. Lori's a senior vice president and senior portfolio manager at Raymond James. Good morning to you. Good morning. How are you doing, John? I'm doing very well, thank you. Uh, let's talk about the Canadian dollar, because just in the last couple of weeks, it looks like it's gained some strength. It's bouncing back a bit, up to a whopping uh, 75 cents U.S. What's going on? Yeah, I mean, even today, we see the TSX is up uh, about 1.5%, sitting at uh, 13400 and the S&P is actually flat. And when you look at that, uh, you can tell that it's all to do with oil. Uh, oil is up uh, 3.7% today, sitting at 37.25. And so when we're talking about the Canadian dollar, as you were, uh, it's sitting at 75 cents. And mm-hmm. we haven't seen that uh, for some time. And this is uh, partially because, uh, at least according to some, because you're always going to get arguments about why it is or isn't going up. Uh, one analyst believes that we've reached the point where the benefits of the weaker dollar on manufacturing and exports have started to overcome the losses that we've seen uh, that have been so great in the uh, in the energy sector. So that the um, uh, the, the positive side of the loony dropping is starting to kick in a bit. It's true, and especially in BC uh, for film and uh, tourism, and so that's why BC is going to be. Uh, leading growth uh, in Canada as are uh, the projections for this year, and um, you know we've seen the loony jumped almost ten uh, percent since uh, it's low in January, and of course uh, that has to do with oil. I mean we're a petrol currency, right? Yeah. So, so you know it's uh, it, it, what really matters is where oil goes, and if OPEC's going to slow production. Uh, that's why oil has rallied uh, 33, uh, about 33%, 35% from the bottom right now. Yeah. And, you know, so it's, uh, again, uh, a higher uh, uh, Canadian dollar is good for us when we're traveling. Finally, we may step into the U.S. again, huh? <laughs> but um, <laughs> now that it's 40% more than uh, it was two years ago. But, um, but you know, it is important uh, to keep watch on that. And, and you know, our thought is, is that, uh, you know, it's not going to go much higher than, than where it is right now. Um, oil could continue to rally a little bit. And, uh, of course, when Canadian currency does rally the way it does, it's going to hurt um, your portfolio a little if you do own U.S. stocks, which, of course, I've advocated a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think last week I did say that we bought some oil stocks about three weeks ago. It was the first time we stepped into energy yeah, since 2014. Again, we only brought the portfolios up to about seven, eight percent, and that was really to hedge the uh, Canadian uh, or the U.S. dollar uh, going down if uh, the Canadian dollar went up. So, but still going forward, we still believe uh, U.S. stocks is what you want to own, uh, even if the currency fluctuates like this. There's still a lot more opportunity in the U.S. than there is in Canada. And the uh, price of oil is going up because uh, OPEC talking about uh, production restrictions, perhaps. Yes, exactly right. And uh, so when that's announced, and it looks like they, I mean, we're, we're kind of divided on the team, whether they will or won't, but uh, but that's the idea, yes. All right, let's move along and talk about um, uh, an investment uh, vehicle that uh, they say is not appropriate for elderly clients, and this is called a DSC. What is a DSC, and why do you think um, 
uh, elderly or, or older investors should not be involved in this, especially for retirement? Yeah, what uh, uh, what sparked my interest in this, I mean, this is one of the topics I'm so passionate about. I think I've spoken on air, I don't know how many times about it, uh, that, you know, there's no reason for any clients, in, in my opinion, to be locked into deferred sales charge mutual funds. Uh, they're never explained to a client. I've never seen a client come to me with their statements and they have DSE mutual funds and said, you know what, Lori, I knew I was going to be locked into these mutual funds for seven years. And if I wanted to get out early, then it's going to cost me up to 5% to get out. You think about that. You invest a million dollars in uh, DSE mutual funds, let's say. Uh, the broker gets a commission that's hidden. You don't see it for 5%. That means that broker gets a $50,000 commission. Wow. And even the commission isn't that... that the the bad part the bad part is it's not explained to the client that because that broker got that commission up front, then the client has to stay for up to five six years. Uh, there's a lot of different schedules, uh, but basically, if you say so you got invested the first year and you actually wanted out of those mutual funds, it would cost you fifty thousand dollars on a million dollar portfolio to get out. And I once had a client who was I think it was seventy three or seventy one. He just retired. And uh, he had went to an investment firm, and they had put him in divert sales charge mutual funds. Well, you think about him. He's just retired. He wants to spend his retirement yeah. money. He didn't want it locked in, of course. So it's totally inappropriate. Um, and so they're cracking down on DSE fees. Uh, you know, my firm, uh, they really don't allow DSE fees almost at all, I'd say. Basically, you have to, if, if, if an advisor even wanted to buy DSE fees, uh, DSE funds, I should say, uh, they'd actually have to get it approved by a manager and, and really give a good reason as why you think it's appropriate to a client. My firm is a little different, uh, that they are, are very conservative that way. Um, but uh, there's other firms out there that don't have any sort of parameters. And there's another firm in Canada, which I won't say the name, that they actually only sell mutual funds this way. Wow. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's disappointing because uh, the public doesn't know. And uh, regulators uh, are, uh, as you say, have kind of stepped up their um, enforcement or at least their oversight to uh, make sure that um, uh, people are not being sucked into these things. Yeah, I'm super excited about this. I mean, I've been an advocate for transparency, I don't know, since I started my career 15 years ago. And, um, and uh, yeah, so they're coming in with, uh, it's called CRM2. And that should be coming out, I think it's June this year. It was supposed to come out last year. What what, what it really is is that uh, clients are going to be able to see uh, their fees in dollars on their statement. Uh, so all these people uh, that own mutual funds where the fee is hidden, and like I say, it's not bad that people are paying a fee. Um, what you want to make sure that you've got you know value added for whatever fee you're paying and you have good returns. Uh, but you also should know what you're paying. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's the main thing. We all know we're paying for a service and various things that you pay for, except for, I find, in, in my industry. For some reason, it's locked up and hidden, um, you know, unless you deal with a proper portfolio manager. Uh, you know, when we put separately managed accounts together for clients, you know, we've always put the fee on on their proposal, right? So that everybody knows what they're paying before they come on board. And you would think all financial advisors would, should do that. And unfortunately, uh, I find in the mutual fund arena, uh, it's very rare. You know, again, when you're in what's called separately managed accounts versus a mutual fund, uh, you actually get a summary of your fees at the end of the year. And that's the way, that's the way we roll. 
And so um, and it's, it's very good for Canada and the investing public that soon enough uh, that you're going to be able to see that on your statements if you own mutual funds. And uh, like I said, I think people are going to be pretty shocked because a lot of mutual fund fees out there can range anywhere from 25 to even 3%. Before we let you go, and still with the um, issue of regulation, uh, regulators are launching a, uh, a probe into what they call closet indexers of mutual funds. Now, you uh, and your company actively manage funds, but uh, from what I can gather, there are some active managers out there who aren't actually active. They're just following uh, a, a particular index. Yeah, that's uh, that's really a, a problem out there, and I've, I've talked about this too. So when you talk about um, actively managing, right, so um, mutual funds are supposed to be actively managed and versus what we call an exchange-traded fund or an ETF, right, which is mirror an index. You can invest in ETFs and maybe pay 0.25% or 0.5% for that investment because it just fluctuates up and down with that various benchmark or, uh, or index. So you can buy the TSX ETF, and it'll just mirror what the TSX does. And that's why the fee is so low. Uh, and in terms of mutual funds, the idea is why you're paying this 2.5% or whatever it might be, uh, is that they're going to be adding value and trading and buying and selling and doing all these things that you think they're doing. That's why you're paying the fee. Uh, they're actually not. And Canada, out of, I think, it, what they say, this article, uh, 20 countries. Uh, is one of the highest uh, for closet indexing, and I think it's about 37% of mutual funds have been seen to closet index. So that means they're just buying the top uh, stocks, yeah. the biggest companies in Canada, and really not adding value, and not actually even doing any buying and selling, it's just marrying the index. So what would happen if you own one of these mutual funds is that you know your advisor may say to you, well, the TSX was down 11% last year, and you were down you know 10.5%, so you're within the realm. Well, that's not adding any value, right? Yeah. And um, and when I talk about actively managing, I'm talking about really actively managing, you know, moving the cash when things aren't well, getting back in when you see things going up, getting out of a sector like gold three years ago or four years ago and getting, you know, a little bit back into energy right now. That's actively managed. On a, um, on a day, if not a day-by-day, day, but, but a week-to-week basis. I mean, you are responding exactly. to what the markets are telling you. Yeah, you got to yeah. be proactive. Like yeah. The markets change uh, and, and things are cyclical and sectors go in and out of favor and you got to be on top of that. Yeah. And this closet indexing needs to stop in Canada. So, so the regulators are getting in there and I'm happy about it. All right. Good stuff. Thank you, Laurie. We'll catch up uh, again next Monday morning. Perfect. Have a great week, John. You too. Laurie Pinkowski, Senior Vice President, Senior Portfolio Manager at Raymond James.